The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You are listening to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Uh, so we kick things off a few minutes ago with our afternoon update, uh, catching everybody up on. Uh, all the news that has happened today, the news that matters most. And in that update, John Lee, the executive editor at the Daily Mail Group Ireland, talked us through the changes approved at Cabinet today, changes we knew were coming in the financial support being offered to Ukrainians arriving in Ireland. Uh, so the current job seekers rate of €232 Euro per week that they were entitled to, that would be cut now to €38.80 Euro uh, per week. Tom McEnany is with me in studio, a media consultant and founder of Effective Aid Ukraine, has returned just this morning uh, from the country, in fact. Um, Tom, you're welcome to the show and it's good to talk to you as always. You, we, we knew this was um, coming. Can you understand why the government are doing it or what's your reaction? Uh, we knew it was coming. I know exactly why the government is doing it because it, it has failed in terms of providing a lasting solution to accommodation for refugees uh, and um, Ukrainians in particular and refugees in general. Um, it's failed to adopt a, an all-of-government refo- response. It's failed to engage the Department of Housing in a meaningful way with, with, with the problem. And as a result, we have uh, accommodation lying idle all around all around the country, and we we, we the government is, is is saying now we just don't want uh, uh, more people coming in. So we knew exact that's exactly why it's coming. It's coming because of a series of failures. Um, I think it's a it's a very inhumane response. We've gone from having one of the most humane responses to Ukrainian refugees in Ireland, uh, sorry, in Europe over the last mm. um, almost two years, to having a, a response which is. Is the only word I can come come up with is humane. There's nobody listening today. There's nobody listening to this show today who thinks that you can live in Ireland uh, for thirty eight euros a week. Nobody. And Kieran, most of the is that the point? It, it, Government it, have the money. They could keep paying the two, three, two per week. It's it, it's it, if that is the point, and I suspect you know I'm hearing the cynicism. I know, and and, and you know what? To some extent, I share it. Um, but it's 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 it. I don't think it reflects the response that most decent Irish people would think we should be adopting here. Does it not bring us, the defenders of government would suggest, it brings us more into line with what's happening elsewhere in Europe? No, that's a lie. I've okay. heard that said. I've heard that said. I've heard the government minister was saying it. Um, and oh, no, it, it, the people who say more into line, that might technically be true. But what they're actually saying, what they've actually said is it brings us into line with what has been offered across Europe. And that's not true. We now have one of the lowest rates in Europe. But more importantly, in Ireland, the cost of living is much higher in Ireland. What you can buy for 38 euros a week in Portugal is completely different to what you can buy in 38 euros a week in, mm. in Ireland. It's, 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 it, and it means means in real terms that Ukrainian refugees who are for the most part almost entirely women fleeing to Ireland in order to protect their children are going to have to make very, very difficult decisions about um, uh, how they feed their children, whether to provide their children with nappies, whether to provide their children with uh, 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 copybooks for school. I mean, really, really difficult, difficult, appalling decisions to have to think that they're going to have to be making. This is tied in. That's, this is tied into the rate that already goes to people who are in direct provision. And it's too low a rate. It hasn't increased in 10 years. And a number of groups over the last 10 years have been been saying that this is inhumane, including the Jesuits. So it needs to be increased not only for Ukrainians, but also, I would say, for, for people across the board. I mentioned you're just back from Ukraine. I want to ask you about that in ju- yeah. just a moment. But Nadia Dobryanska is with me on the line as, as well. And we would have spoken to Nadia several times um, after the outbreak of war uh, last year. Nadia, it's good to talk to you again. Um 
do you understand where the government is coming from? Do you have any sympathy with the situation they find themselves in? Well, these are very difficult questions, to be honest, to be answering as a refugee. Um, the situ- I think, mean, of course, I, I'm very well aware about the situation that is driving the government as a way that I understand it, that the shortage of housing is really pressing and we we are seeing some of people using this situation to stir um, difficult, you know, dangerous situations towards the asylum seekers and refugees. And uh, the other the other point was the, the, the idea that the Ukrainians are, uh, well, in, 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 well, having it easy in one way mm. because they're getting getting such high um, social welfare. And I can see why some could understand, uh, you know, understand the position of refugees this way. But I agree with the point that was made just before, before I started talking that uh, these, the demographics of Ukrainians who are coming to, to Ireland are mostly mothers with children or maybe fathers who are bearing to three or more children as they're, they, they were allowed to leave Ukraine. And none of this is easy for them. And uh, there's also a number of elderly people coming to Ireland who will not be able to work, like people like my father in their 70s. Um, so I can see why this, there is this idea to dis- discourage Ukrainian refugees mm. from coming. And uh, my, my, own, my big worry is that I'm not sure that this is going to stop people from coming. Because like... like um, like it's been said, the, the standard of living in Ireland, on one hand, is very high. On the other hand, people people are joining their family members, those who have been staying in Ireland for a while, and uh, their mothers are coming, or their fathers, like elderly people, are coming here um, from Ukraine after spending these few years of saying that, no, I'm not going to go anywhere, but some people are coming. Um so this is a very difficult situation and it's hard to predict because there are countries where the supports are very minimal indeed, but basically what Ukrainian refugees need is a safe sky and an opportunity to fend for themselves. And this is what's, what's happening in Moldova and in Poland, mm. for example, where their state supports are very low, but Ukrainians are able to work and have accommodation to live in, whereas in Ireland, some people might be might be finding difficult to start working with, with with their level of English, but the way to find accommodation is very, very difficult, as we are all aware. Uh, Michael Baskin is with us as well, Nadia. He's from a Ukrainian crisis centre in Ireland. Uh, Michael, Nadia touched on the changing of attitudes, the slight changing of attitudes, the sense of a changing of attitudes. I mean, do you get that sense yourself? Have you picked up on that? Yeah, hi, Kieran, and I would like to say hi to Tom as well, which I know, pleasure to know personally, and uh, just to congratulate uh, Tom on the recent trip to Ukraine, and thank you very much to everybody in Ireland and the Irish government who supported Ukrainians uh, in the recent uh, almost two years now. Uh, answering your question about the attitude, yes, attitude has changed, and I say it's the attitude changed uh, due to lack of information provided by the media, provided by the government, and uh, uh, that's uh, that has the big role in the like the attitude to the, toward immigrants as well. As well, all we know, as you rightly mentioned before, rise of uh, the far right in Europe and the world, 
and it has the implication in Ireland as well. So I would say, yes, the attitude is changing and not changing in a positive direction. And uh, I think we need more clearer yeah. and more, more open conversations on it, like, you know. And uh, to, to, to the kind of the cynics, uh, and maybe I'm included in that uh, group, Michael, out there who, who think that part of the reason that the government are doing this is is the, the hope that fewer people will come here from Ukraine. Do you think that will no. happen? Uh, well, uh, probably yes, but what's the motive for the government? Uh, well, I'm not including uh, like personally you, Kieran, or anybody else. Like you know, but it's uh, probably a natural process when the news goes different direction. Like you know, and the war in Ukraine become or oh, just another attack on Ukrainian cities. Well, another attack. It's another death of among civilians, uh, shattered lives. Uh, broken dreams, stolen future. Like so, I wouldn't. I would say that has played the big role. And so, Ukrainians only seems in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the social media, people who come and fetching the fetching the system, sort of speak like you know. But we should all we should all remember the the cause. Like you know, the cause, the first cause. Why the Ukrainians here? Government. Uh, well, it's the cynical view. I would say. I agree a lot with what Tom said. My uh, uh, question about 100,000 Ukrainians arrived by by the end of the second year of the war in Ukraine. Uh, well, when the government predicted on the spring of 2022 that by end of the 2022 more than 100,000 will be here, so they knew the numbers, like you know, and numbers basically lesser than they expected as well. Uh, announcing on the uh, a reduction of cost, a reduction of payment for Ukrainians. Uh, well, there's a, well, obvious reasons. Uh, but first of all, uh, it was said that like to level up with the all asylum seekers. Well, let me remind you, Ukrainians not not, not asylum seekers as such. In 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 the in the terms, it's yeah. the, uh, people under temporary protection. I would question this uh, leverage to the you know. Yeah. And then and under this and under this uh, uh status temporary protection status Ukrainians not only uh, uh receiving the social welfare payments but they apply to find the work yeah as well you know what i mean yeah. I, 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 when asylum seekers they just physically can't go because they don't have the dps or whatever no but as you say ukrainians can but uh, well can't can theoretically as nadia says a lot of uh, uh, people coming here women with children uh, young children uh, and it's not as simple as mm-hmm. just turning around and saying right you can't live on 38 quid go out and get a job yeah, but, uh, uh, um, i never believe. Yeah, I, I just want to go back to Tom because I'm just conscious of the the, the, the time. Tom, you, you're back this morning, as you say, from Ukraine. Where were you in the country and what was uh, the situation? I was in uh, Lviv uh, where we're doing a project with uh, a centre for... We, we've pivoted from helping Ukrainians get to Ireland to helping Ukrainians with special needs in institutions in, in, in Ukraine, helping the redevelopment of those institutions. So I was in Lviv where we're doing a project with a centre for 86 boys and young men with significant special needs and I was in a place called Khrushchevsky, uh, which uh, any Ukrainians listening um, where, um, uh, might not know, it's a small village but will know it's uh, beside Burdichiv 
um, which I know I'm, I'm, I'm slaughtering that pronunciation, please forgive me, um, but it's about two hours to the west of Lviv. And it, it, it was, it was very, I mean, it was a very satisfying trip. We, we were, we were doing things like putting in kitchens and, 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 and beds and, and, and figuring out how we were going to, um, uh, turn these institutions around. But we were also doing Santa Claus with children who, um, very special children who previously wouldn't have had Santa Claus. So they all wrote their letters to Santa Claus. We took those letters. We had a group of volunteers. We went off, we went shopping. We got them exactly what we, what, what, what they asked for. And it was one very poignant moment, uh, with, uh, which is all kids, all about four to, to 17 with mm. very significant special needs. And the director, as they're filing out to get their, 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 Toys from Santa Claus. The director says, and I'm sorry, they're in very bad form today because there were uh, there was a missile attack last night, and they spent the night in the in the cellar in the storm sh- in the in the bomb shelter. Yeah, and so they're just not in good form today. I think these are these are children with significant special needs yeah. who don't even understand what war is, who are regularly having to go into a bomb shelter just because of, of, of the invasion. This is the, the life for many Ukrainians, the people who are, and not just them, but the people who are trying to make their way to Ireland. Yeah. The women who are trying to protect their children are trying to protect their children from bombs on a nightly basis. Yeah. And it's it's just important that we remember that when we're thinking about how this should be treated when they get to Ireland. Tom McEnany, media consultant, founder of Effective Aid Ukraine, Michael Baskin from Ukrainian Crisis Centre in Ireland and Nadia Dabrianska as well. Thank you all very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.